0: Hi and welcome to the Delivery Manager Daily Podcast where I, your host Mario De Cristofano, will talk to you about life as a delivery manager. We'll talk about strategy, tactics, things to do, not to do and wrap all that up in a way which makes sense. This is an attempt at a daily series of podcasts which are released across wherever you get your podcasts from and an occasional YouTube video version with bonus content should you want that. You want to get in touch or get involved with the podcast or maybe even be a sponsor get in touch via twitter at dm underscore daily or check out the blog mariosblog.co.uk hi welcome to the delivery manager daily i think this is episode 31 i'm your host Mario De Cristofano and in this episode we're going to talk about uh, what a community of practice is and how to build one so if you're involved in that kind of thing or you need to build a community of practice I'm going to talk about kind of my experience I've done it at least three times doesn't necessarily make me an expert but wanted to share what I'd learned the things I'd done what had worked not worked and um there's a YouTube version of this, so go over to YouTube, go over to the, uh, the channel, I've got absolutely no idea what it's called because I've completely forgot, but I'll put it in the notes and go over and watch the video version too and there's some extra content so that's all really exciting, but if you're on your way home, maybe a long home drive from wherever you're going, uh, maybe you finished work, maybe you're listening to me on your Christmas drive home rather than Chris Rea, probably not, but strap in and welcome to the podcast. So, communities of practice. What are they? Well, I find it quite interesting in organisations talking about communities of practices and centres of excellence. And for this podcast, I'm not going to delve into the murky world of the difference between the two and the fact that they're often misaligned and miscommunicated, and one bleeds into another. Actually, um, and that's not what this podcast about. We're talking about uh, what i think a community of practice is and what it should do Um, and just some context i was talking to a colleague and they are considering setting up a community of practice and they'd asked me kind of what my thoughts were and i'd realized that i've done this probably three times i've done this for a, a pretty big client and that went pretty well i run what i like to think is a community of practice so i wanted to kind of share some experiences um that I'd learned doing that and I've also set up a community of practice in a different organization for a different company and also wanted to draw upon those experiences so that's the context and I was asked hey Mario what would you do and in my own kind of imitable way I thought I'd create a podcast out of it um, and talk you through some of the practical things there's about eight things I reckon you need to consider when building a community of practice so number one before we even get to number one, let's talk about what a COP is. So for me, uh, a community of practice is a group of people, usually between eight and ten. I think after that, it gets a bit murky. I think a community of practice needs to be a relatively small, nimble group of like-minded individuals with similar expertise and experiences around an area, uh, a subject matter, that have gotten together and have decided to get together to fix a problem. Our kind of original forefathers of Agile got together to fix a problem in software engineering. They in turn were a community of practice, the community of practice, I guess. But a community of practice to be really clear is a group of people that have gotten together with similar and complementary experiences to fix one or a number of organizational problems and it's this notion of a hive mind and collective experience is better than a singular and that community of practice can then be leveraged for information radiation out into an organization longer term um so That, for me, is what a community of practice is. And I will hear nothing from anyone that says different. But no, in all all seriousness, there is so much talk around the nuances of what it is. I think it's just more important to understand broadly what a community of practice is. And then just all agree, right? Agree on the nuance that's right and relevant for your organisation. I don't want to spend any more time talking about what a COP is. So... Moving on to number one uh, make sure you've got buy-in. so this is really important what I mean by buying is make sure that the business is absolutely laser clear on the amount of work and effort and time it takes to mobilize form and then land a community of practice within an organization and to have value it's a very slow burn over time my experiences lead me to think that it takes between kind of eight, nine months. So let's round that up to a year. I think you're looking at a year to be able to have a mature centre. I was going to say centre of excellence. That's a bit of a Freudian slip. Um, I reckon it takes a year to land a community of practice and to have tangible, visible and measurable value. Um, It's not a thing you can turn on. You can't just bring eight or nine people together and say, there you go, you're a community of practice. It just doesn't work like that. So Getting buy-in, it's important because this is going to take time. It's going to take expertise. It's going to take probably a bit of cash. You're going to have to spend some money, maybe on tools, maybe on events. And we'll talk about that and marketing your community of practice later. Um, But you're going to need a bit of cash. But importantly, you're going to need time. Do not underestimate how much time it takes to set a community of practice up so the next time you see a target operating model that's been banded around by a consultancy firm and it's slide eight on a 56 slide deck and you see communities of practices everywhere it's very easy to look at them on paper but hopefully after you've listened to this podcast you'll understand some of the work that needs to go in to kind of seed it and make it work for the long term So that was point number one, make sure you've got in effect the mandate and the permission and the buy-in to do it. So point two is going to be around making sure that you've created kind of a vision or a case for change and that you can articulate this, to use my term in a way that your mum would understand. You have to be able to play to the business or anyone in a bite-sized kind of um, couple of sentences. Here is why we exist. We are here to fix this problem. Or that we've identified this problem or set of problems in the business and we've decided to get together to fix that. And that's almost like the origin story, um, to use a uh, superhero kind of parlance. So you need to create that vision and that case for change and that manifesto. And this needs to be the rules to with which you all swarm around. So regardless of discipline, whether we're talking about architecture, whether we're talking about software engineering, or whether I bring my kind of lean into this, which is delivery management, um, um it's the same you need to have that totem pole of here's why we exist and you need to be able to justify and validate why you've all swarmed together so this has to be about fixing a tangible set of problems within the business of the organization and also the value that you commit to adding over time whether that's internally within your organization or externally to within the industry itself to with which whatever you're an expert in so it's really important that you kind of set your stall out in that way and you're going to need to craft some really nicely polished wording and language and set the tone of voice because that's going to be part of your brand which we'll also talk about later. So point number three is making sure that you're clear on the demarcation of what the community of practice will do. So if I look at my community of practice of delivery managers what I try and do is set a very clear understanding of when it comes to project delivery, when it comes to delivering a thing here's what we're about and here's what you would engage with us for so we have uh, delivery managers that are really good at mobilizing projects we have really good delivery managers that are really good at managing those longer term kind of um, managed type service kind of bedded in and delivering value over time keeping things stable doing all the reporting that kind of delivery manager we have delivery managers that are really good at kind of the discovery elements of projects and everything in between and it's a bit like pokemon battle cards you know when you engage with us kind of what you would engage engage with us for and it's really important that you think about what your community of practice exists to do and you need to set out that terms of reference and that kind of here's why we exist and here's what we're good at and here is why so think about kind of your identity and what you exist for because as part of a community of practice you're going to be validating and kind of justifying your identity and your existence pretty much for the life cycle of the of the practice itself and we'll come also onto that uh, a little bit later. So point four and these are all practical kind of points if you go to the uh, the YouTube version there's a little bit more background nuance and context so hopefully you'll listen to this and watch the video. Um, You need this notion of a digital front door and the purpose of that is to using this notion of buying a product you go into a shop And let's look at what a product is. So, a product is a thing that you buy in a store. So, you'll need that storefront, pretty much. You know, if I want to buy face cream, I go into Boots. If I want to buy hi-fi equipment, I go into Richer Sounds, etc., etc., etc. So, you need some kind of front door that says, "Here's where you find us, and here's where we exist, and we belong, and here's where we hang out, and here's where we do our things." And that is often in organisations a Confluence site or a SharePoint site. So again, hopefully you're getting the the um, the idea that you're creating quite a bit of collateral here, right? So you need that front door to be able to tell people whether they're new to the organisation or whether they've been at the organisation for years and years and years. Here's how you find us, and here's how you engage with us. So maybe it's a SharePoint site with pictures of everyone in the um, in the. Uh, community of practice their particular expertise maybe you've done some again using that pokemon battle card style kind of ranking of who's great at this particular thing or who's great at this particular thing and it's starting to give your community of practice a sense of identity now how you do that is up to you and i'm using sharepoint as an example it might be a confluence page it might be yammer it might be a website Um, but internally you're going to want to be able to publicize kind of your existence and how to get in touch with you so you really need to think about that because it's an extremely important part of growing the community of practice if no one can find you and no one knows who you are then you're not going to be engaged with so point five rattling through these then we talk about kind of the marketing and the publication and the and the the almost the brand awareness of your community of practice. And this is often a thing that's overlooked because it's either seen as a bit of fluffy, non-value-add kind of playing around, but actually the brand of your community of practice is really important, especially where you have multiple communities of practice within an organisation. But let's just start on just thinking of your own. So you'll want to give your community of practice a name and the purpose of that is so much more than just the potential to see it as a vanity thing. Um, and you shouldn't get lost into the, the kind of detail or the mechanics of kind of what you call yourselves but you want to call yourself something that is relevant to what you do a bit like buying a domain name for a website so people are very clear on you're almost like a department right so think about that brand that name it's really important because all the collateral that you'll create over time you'll refer to yourselves as a collective and that will be who you are so just think about creating that brand it really helps psychologically seed that you are this community of practice and whilst it can feel a bit janky to start with kind of thinking about oh what shall we call ourselves um it's really important that you think about it because that branding and marketing is really important so it's massively undervalued and not really talked about but don't do it at your peril else otherwise you're kind of a hodgepodge of people that don't really know kind of sort of who you are and it helps to create that bond and you can make it an experiential event in itself right you can do polls, you could do a retro you could video it and kind of publicise it on here's how we came together and what we did and it creates a bit of fun and identity and you need to think about kind of how you do this because people will want to know how you got to where you are, why you exist and it's important storytelling in terms of how you grow and how you build and people are going to be interested in that whether you think they will be or not so when you're building a community of practice think about a brand think about at least a name um, and think about how you talk about yourself and your tone of voice in all your communication going forward that is really important so the next thing is is kind of commitment to do something and my colleague asked a really good question well how do you like measure the value of a community of practice like how, how do you do that because that's what the management teams are going to want they're going to want to know well what value have you added and i thought that was a really really good question and and i've tackled this sometimes accidentally found a way of tackling this using software but the first thing that i think is important is to diarize some events over the next three six nine months and these are commitments um, that your community of practice will commit to to add value across the organisation. So let's say we're a group of delivery managers. You want to highlight um, and diarise events. Maybe you'll do a quarterly podcast. Maybe you'll do a fortnightly panel discussion of a particular theme around delivery. Maybe you want to do a weekly kind of ask me anything. Maybe you want to do a quarterly kind of show and tell of here are the things we did over the last three months. Here are the problems that we tackled and here's what we did or here's here's the value that we add to the wider industry. And these events act as a couple of things. Firstly, it's collateral that you can market and and get people to kind of uh, be excited about and create a bit of a buzz around. But also, it holds you as a group of people accountable for doing the things because what you don't want to do is... Um, commit to a date to do a thing and then you don't do it you'll lose value overnight so it's really important that you use those diarized events to kind of keep you on track and keep you going there's a bit of a a long tail of managing a community of practice it starts with this huge increase of hype cycle and everyone's excited and ready to get going and then it kind of tails off really dramatically as people get onto their day jobs and kind of forget that they're part of this kind of band of people to do a thing so When you're building your community practice, think about leverage in a calendar of events. And those events might be introductions to who you are. They might be little talking head videos on Yammer um, about kind of, hi, I'm Mario and I'm an expert in kind of thing. And you get everyone to kind of do those. That is reusable collateral that you can put on the SharePoint front door. You can put it on Yammer. You can put it on if suitable and you're going external put it on your company's kind of uh twitter feed that kind of thing so start to think about creating content and then chopping it up into reusable bits that you can use throughout the existence of your community of practice and this kind of content creation and seeding and marketing is often alien as a skill to many So don't be afraid to kind of go and seek an expert to help you to do that. But also, please don't underestimate that it's a valid part of building a community of practice. And a lot of the times organisations get it wrong because they don't put enough kind of um, value into the building of this community of practice. So it's really important that you think about diarising events and kind of committing to a calendar of of value over time. Um, So do that this episode sponsored by ND technology services for it consultancy and digital delivery projects and creative pixel if you want an affordable bespoke website which won't break the bank get in touch creativepixel.me.uk forward slash dm daily for a 10 percent discount on all websites looking at my notes and i'm looking at point seven and eight and because i did say there were about eight things and we've talked about brand anyway that was one of them um so let's talk about the mechanics and then we'll talk more broadly into to kind of communities of practice. So because I've jumped straight into this podcast with the practical stuff that you might want to do. Watch the video that will talk you through some of the more nuanced kind of background into why I have a community of practice in the first place. Um, so you're going to need to provide some measurements of, of engagement and this content that I'm talking about that you'll need to create. These will be many, many pieces of content. If I look at my kind of group of delivery managers, we have collateral that shows kind of a pathway in terms of how to engage with us. We've got collateral that shows a pathway in terms of if you want to get into delivery management, this is the path that you should follow and these are the things that you should read and these are the exams that you should take and here are the people along the way that can help. We have blueprints and Charters to tell you about how we mobilize and kick off projects and the kind of sort of attitudes that we have in terms of delivery and what you can expect from us when you engage with us. Again, that kind of notion of a product. So, I want to talk about the commoditization of a service delivery because it's something that organizations really struggle to get their heads around. And actually, you set up a community of practice in my mind in part to help with the commoditization of a specialist skill. People are often worried that by automating or commoditizing or simplifying what they do they therefore am going to do themselves out of a job and i believe quite vehemently that you should aim in any organization no matter what you do to put yourself out of a job by constantly adding so much value that it becomes as turnkey as possible In consultancy, organisations really struggle with the complexity of IT and technology in particular and often feel at the mercy of consultancy firms that come in and often can overcharge for really expensive, um, tricky, complicated solutions. So in technology, you have the notion of accelerators. It's this spine of technology and process and people and expertise that are all well-defined and on a well-trodden path that's documented and that can be applied to Uh, many different projects so you might have a data accelerator or a quality and assurance accelerator and I'm a big believer as a community of practice you should be an accelerator in your own right for your expertise so I'm pretty convinced in my community of practice that we're an accelerator by if you want to know anything about delivery there is a absolute compendium of of content that you can read and learn and watch whether it's the podcasts whether it's the lunch and learns whether it's videos whether it's documentation or blueprints But you know where to go. You're signposted in a really kind of natural way. So if you want to get involved with the delivery managers, we have our own kind of front door on our own internal kind of uh, intranet. And from there, you can see the kind of our approaches and previous projects and show and tells. And we do videos. And that gives us a sense of identity as a group of people with similarly themed expertise. And if you think about when you go into a shop to buy a thing, Uh, often you want to know what the thing is, maybe what size the thing is, what features the thing has, its compatibility with your other things. Maybe you want to know its performance, its capability, its version. You want to know all of these things for a physical product. You should think about that in terms of a service delivery and think about articulating um, and educating people that engage with you, how they consume you as a product. And the reason that organisations want to commoditise everything is because often it can be cheaper and a lot more efficient, whether it's through the use of accelerators, whether it's through the use of automation. But often what you get is pushback from individuals or teams who feel that they're doing themselves out of a job, especially when we talk about highly complex uh, technology focused things like architecture. So... Often it can be a a big cultural and mindset shift in terms of thinking, well, how can I how can I commoditize what I do and chunk it up in a way that people can consume as bite-sized things? That's your very aim as a value that you could add to an organization by setting up a community of practice to be able to modularize and productize the things that you do to make them easier to understand. The aim is that you don't just have those dusty experts that sit somewhere on the horizon in a dark room and everyone new to the organisation goes, who are they? What do they do? I see them walking around with clipboards, but no one really knows what they do. Um, the very point of a community of practice is to help with that amongst other things so I think it's really important that you think about the mechanics of your particular community of practice and making it as simple as possible to kind of use and give people a reason to use your community of practice I like to think that in other parts of the business if you want a little bit of bite-sized commoditized chunk of delivery expertise we can give you that, whether you're a software engineer or whether you're a, a business analyst or whether you're a, a data architect. And maybe you just want to listen to a podcast about, I don't know, setting up communities of practice. Well, here it is. Maybe you want a uh, Lunch and Learn on how to set up a retro. You don't need a delivery manager to come in and do a retro for you. You might just want to learn. So our community of practice has this toolkit, this tool chest of stuff that you can pick from, understand and learn yourself. And that's part of the value. And what we do Is in effect, we educate the organization in our particular field of expertise and we raise the collective bar of capability across everyone. Therefore, you stop reliance on individuals or you stop reliance on um, teams and you build, um, you're in effect building redundancy within your organization, right? Because everyone either has a level of expertise or can call upon in a really clearly signposted way um, how to do something, right? And as an organisation, you don't want pockets of expertise that are kind of hidden and they hold all the knowledge and it's never shared and you're constantly relying on those folk to kind of do the thing. That creates an imbalance in your organisation, so... I think one of the reasons a community of practice should exist is to absolve that that issue. So think about why you exist, and that goes all the way back to point one. Think about what you're going to do and the and the problems you're going to tackle. And and really think about sort of we've talked about measurement, so maybe think about also playing back to the organisation every three months, maybe some kind of show and tell or some kind of board meeting to say, hey, look, here are the organisational problems we we found and this is the reason why we got together as a group of people. Over this three months we we heard this, we recognised this was a problem and this is what we did and then this is what you said and here's an evidence or an example of how we feel that we've fixed it and you need to constantly do that storytelling to kind of justify your existence and over time it will become automatic but you need to think about how you fix kind of these problems and and what those problems are and making sure that they're valid and need to be fixed and that you're in a position to fix them so think about all of that when you're setting up a community of practice and I think you'll probably be on to a good start so I think that the the last thing to talk about is kind of the tooling and the things that I've done when I've done this and bringing that practical bit into it Um, it hinges on kind of knowing a bit of software um, but I'm sure the people listening to this have used tools like JIRA or Miro or any other visual collaboration tool or Azure DevOps as a task management tool or Trello as a task planner. Um, I think it's really important that that person at the the, the centre of the community of practice that's leading it does this heavy lifting in terms of housekeeping. Um, So think about using Azure DevOps, for example, to synthesise the problems that your group of people are going to tackle and do Kanban and get together as a group of folk and talk about who gets what task or who gets what problem and chart the progress of that just like you would any other digital project. The reason for doing that, as well as keeping you all on track is you can use the inherent reporting tools in a tool like your DevOps or Jira to demonstrate progress, either task allocation or progress over time or the, using the notion of burn down to chart progress. And this will give you collateral to use in various board updates and meetings to say, hey, look, here are the problems that we've documented and we work in an agile way using Kanban. Uh, Almost that kind of lean, lean coffee approach, I guess, which is another technique you can use to get together. We'll quickly talk about how you identify and triage problems in a little bit more detail in a minute. I'm trying to keep this podcast under 30 minutes. Um, But... Think about using tooling to help you chart progress. If you're using Yammer for content seeding, look at and use the engagement metrics so you can demonstrate to the organization look, this guide that we produced on how to do a cloud migration had 256 likes, it was open 300 times. That demonstrates engagement, right? It demonstrates value. Yeah, it's a bit opaque and yeah, it's a bit arbitrary, but when you're directors or your board or your team leads or your project stakeholders are asking well come on what have you done and what evidence have you got you can leverage all of this and tell a narrative a story to help hopefully demonstrate that kind of uh, organizational and social value that you're hopefully providing and um, so think about the tooling that you use um, use some kind of task management tool and use the inherent tooling um, that you've got at your disposal a lot of organizations I think um, Yammer's massively mis- Misused or not used, and I know it 's a really old tool um but it can be a great way of um, getting a kind of natural flowy face to face virtual communication. Going And we've used it and I've used it successfully in at least two organisations to kind of promote the community of practice itself, to get people engaged in conversation and to get people to also help talk about organisational problems and why our community of practice might be able to uh, help fix it. Maybe not Yammer, it may be Slack or it may be something else, but think about that tooling that you've got within the organisation that you can use. And then just finally talking about kind of the problems that you'll fix if you're thinking about setting up a community of practice, there's already probably going to be a, a reason as to why. So if you've articulated that, great. But one of the, um, the things that you can do, and I've talked about using tooling to identify and then articulate organisational issues, identify them get them onto a backlog and then commit to fixing them. You can also do uh, things like lean coffee. And this is the notion of getting small groups of people together over a very short amount of time um, to create a board of tasks or problems or issues in the organization. And then within a very short period of time, you prioritise them, you start the timer, you start talking about them, you do majority voting, um, and then you kind of stop and move on to the next thing. And over a very short period of time, you can create a prioritised list of things that you all collectively agree on to do. Now, this isn't to go into an organisation broadly and widely and talk about all the organisational problems. I'm suggesting that you do this within the field of your expertise so if you're setting up an architecture community of practice do it within the architecture element of the business if you're doing delivery the delivery part of the business etc etc um but think about using uh things like lean coffee as well um so that's a really good way of quick prioritization but again this is why you need this person at the center of the community of practice to help drive these things forward um So I've talked a lot about setting up a COP and in short, I just wanted to summarise. You're going to want to set up a community of practice to uh, get a collective group of people with similar skills and combined experience to fix a set of organisational problems. And the reason that you want to use a community of practice is to leverage the hive mind to help fix those problems in a way that is sustainable and pragmatic and uh, and valid for the problem but to also leverage people's kind of collective experience you get a much more measured and balanced solution the weaponization of that knowledge and that expertise into a community of practice can add organizational value over time so by seeding an identity of why you exist as a group of folk creating a, a digital front door with Um, very clearly signposted here's how you engage with us here's how you consume us and here's what we can do for you and then doing that again and again and again over the weeks and the months up to around a year to kind of seed this notion of oh in this organisation we've got a group of people that are experts in architecture and if I want to know anything about architecture I'm going to go to those folk I know how to go to them I go to the SharePoint site I know how to engage with them and importantly I know not what to waste their time with because they don't do that Um, So you've built this community of practice, you've seeded it, you've created a brand and an identity, maybe you want to interface with the external uh, world in your field, so our group of delivery managers might want to do a panel discussion at a delivery event somewhere else, maybe for another vendor. Um, You start to build that kind of social and industry value and you become almost independent within your own organisation, being that group of experts that really can advise, guide Provide guardrails, provide assistance, and provide practical help for those that need it in that particular field. And that's what a community of practice is. So if you're setting one up, you'll need to get buy-in from the organisation. You'll need to make sure you've got time, the right people, the right leadership in place to deliver the community of practice. You've got expertise in marketing, content creation, a tone of voice, and you've thought about all of this before you even think about well, what what is a community of practice? And then put it in place, deliver it week on week, do. Um, meetings create minutes have board playbacks and over a year if you do that consistently you'll create a framework for the community of practice regardless of who comes in and out of it and that's how you scale the community of practice but the processes the ways of working and the terms of engagement are so set and slick that it exists in its own right and that is when you've built a community of practice so, I hope you enjoyed uh, today 's podcast we 're dead on thirty minutes i 'm getting better at this i think uh, thanks for listening i 'm really grateful uh, the podcast really took off this year and we 've got lots of really good stuff uh, in twenty twenty three that i 'm excited to do so we've started doing the video stuff as well um, so do go over to YouTube and watch that and uh, join me on twitter d m underscore daily or at mario d c if you have comments or feedback or criticism or you want to get involved in the conversation but Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Mario, and have a very wonderful day. And I'm recording this about six days before Christmas, so Merry Christmas. I just want to take this opportunity to let you know that I do have a small web and app company that I run on the side to my day-to-day job. I build websites, small applications, and you can get in touch with me if you want a website built, maybe you want to start a new business or a side hustle, or you need to talk to someone for some advice, I'm not sure where to go. Get in touch with me at creativepixel.me.uk, quote the podcast, DM daily, you'll get a 10% discount on any work that you uh, have done with me, so check it out.